0: Welcome to Equippers Church, Denise. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live at our city campus. For more information, check out equipuschurch.com. Awesome. Hey, grab a seat. Good to see you guys. Lovely to see you. Yeah, people call me Dre because apparently I look like some rapper called Dr. Dre. No, it's not true. Thank you, that's awesome. Well, kia ora, welcome. Hey, I just need 10 seconds to get myself prepped. So, from afar, with social distancing in mind, what I want you to do is turn to the person closest to you and tell them everything you know about Rolleston, or Google if you know nothing about the town of Rolleston. Go. Awesome. Did anyone actually know anything about Rolleston? Put your hands up. Come on, be honest. Town of, town of the future. Thank you very much. That always used to be a joke when it was a town of like two and a half, three thousand 3,000 people. Uh, but I think in August this year, they just ticked over 23,000 people. So, haha. Ha. Uh, I would also like to say that uh, Rolleston, has anyone even like, just wave your hand in the air if you kind of know where it is. Yeah, come on, that's great. Um, I'd like to say this Rolleston is more than just a BP and a McDonald's when you're heading south or north, okay? We are more than that to you. There is a whole town behind there. Hey, uh, it is so cool to be here. My name is um, Pastor Dre, and uh, my lovely wife Hannah and I, we lead Cornerstone Church, Rolleston. Um, Hey, before I get into anything else, I just want to say, you know. Romans 12 says that we are to uh, outdo one another in honoring each other, and uh, I just want to say that I want to honor your pastors. How cool are they? They're so cool. Your pastors are my favorite pastors in Dunedin. I mean, I don't know any other pastors in Dunedin, so I guess technically the they're my worst pastors in Dunedin as well? No, they're, they're fantastic. I love those guys. No, um, you know, one thing I love about these guys is the warmth and the love and the humility that they have. And so just tell them that they're awesome. Because I can tell you that from time to time, being a pastor can be a little bit difficult. They probably won't tell you that. But so just tell them that they're great and tell them that you love them. Okay, can you do that for me? Cool. Okay. Right now you're thinking, what is this weird guy up to? And I'll explain that um, in a moment. But firstly, what I'll do is um, I want to. I, whenever we have a guest speaker, or whenever I used to sit in church and and um, hear someone, I always like, oh, I want to know a little bit about you. So is that okay if I do that for just a couple of minutes? Is that cool? Okay. So we have three kids. They're these beautiful intelligent, uh, you know, very sophisticated, serious little kids. Um, Do you guys want to see some photos of them? They're very serious. There they are, not looking serious at all. Um, We have Isaac, Luca, and Evie. Um, Isaac is just about nine. Luca just turned six on Thursday, and little Evie is about to turn three. And they are a handful. Who loves kids? I love kids. You can take mine. No, I I joke. (laughs) They're great, um, and Hannah and I—we've been um, pastoring out there for four and a half years, and goodness me, what a journey it has been. Um, we we thought, all right, God, if you're calling us to this, this isn't necessarily what we thought. How many people know that um, the way you make God laugh is you tell Him your plans, right? Like you're like, hey, God, this is my plan. He's like, mm, lol. Um, Emoji, funny emoji face. Um, Because we thought when we were going into Cornerstone Rolleston, it was a a little church um, of mostly older people. They were so generous and so kind and so loving. And so we thought, right, what we're going to do is for the first six months, we're just going to learn and observe. We're going to honor. We're going to value and validate all our people. We're going to look after everyone. We're going to make them feel like they are a million dollars. That's what we were going to do. And in the first 12 weeks, um, our whole worship team left. <laughs> they decided that this wasn't for us. And let me tell you, when you have um, 10 people, it was like two or three families, when they left the church, um, and your church is 30 people, um, you notice it. And uh, then the people that were really kind to you for the first 10 weeks, um, after about 11 weeks when all of the worship team leaves, they're like, hi, are you going to burn our church to the ground? And I'm like, no, get home with him. I'm like, "Hen, are we going to burn the church to the ground? Um, but God has been so faithful. My message this morning is that God, I, I love, how many people know that God often does things, it's like he's in control. It's like he's often doing stuff. because You want to know something hilarious this morning? Do you want to know something really funny? Does anyone want to, who doesn't know, want to guess the title of my sermon this morning, just based on the theme we've seen this morning? Anyone want to take a stab? No one, okay. My, my sermon title this morning is Make Room. And I was like, wow, okay, Holy Spirit, it's like you're up to something. That's so cool. Hey, um, I actually have a little bit of a connection with this place. Do you guys want to hear a quick story, like 30 seconds? Yeah. When a storyteller tells you 30 seconds, you're like, no, it's not. I, um, when I got saved at 17, I'm going to share a little bit more of my testimony tonight. But when I got saved at 17 in Invercargill, um, that's south of you guys. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Yeah, come on. Um, I, I moved down there and I got saved. And the very first kind of thing I ever did in church, all my friends were like, hey, we're going to go to this conference. Does anyone remember Branded? Yeah. No. Was, that, was it Branded? Yeah. Pardon? Get Smart. No, it was Get Smart before Brandon. Anyone remember Get Smart? Thank you. Okay, see those elderly hands with me. Okay. (laughs) So Get Smart, right? They're like, hey, we're going to go to Get Smart. We're going to go to Dunedin, and we're going to stay. We were at Invercargill Christian Center, and I'm pretty sure we slept in that room over there. Um, And then they had the the thing at Elam Church, but the first prophetic word that I ever received was a, um, what do you call it, a breakout kind of space. Um, and it was here. And I sat just over there to hear the first prophetic word I would ever hear as a new Christian. And uh, the word was from a guy called Toby Collins. And he said, You're going to lead, and you're going to lead creatively, and you're going to lead creative teams. What I didn't know is 10 years later, I would be leading the creative team in his church in Hamilton. But I was standing down there. I was you know, dreadlocks, peroxide blonde dreadlocks with like piercings in my face, sitting down the back. And I remember telling Hannah this story, my wife. And uh, if you don't know, if you've been here more than 20 years, you might know the Rob family. And uh, Hannah was here and I was telling her this story. And she said, were you wearing a red t-shirt? And I was like, yeah, this is 15 years before we met. She's like, I remember you. You got called up. You were the first person. And I thought, man, he's hot. Uh, No. Uh, no, she thought, no, man, you know, what, what, uh, how brave that kid is. And, and I just love that. So this is my connection here. I have a real heart for this place. Right over there, I came up to the front, and I was crying and angry because I was crying. And uh, it, was, it was crazy. So um, it's cool to be here this morning. One last photo. There's us um, and our dog, Java, who passed away in March. She's a Great Dane. Yeah, appropriate response. Thank you. Oh, um, if you are giving away free Great Dane puppies, give me a call. Hey, Kay. What I want to do this morning is I've got this space, and what I'd like you to do is I want you to imagine that this space is my internal place, my mind, body, and soul. And every one of us has an internal monologue, an internal place where we think, uh, we develop thoughts, where we keep all of our secrets, where we are the true version of ourselves in here. And in here, you can fit lots of different things, and every one of us has this internal room. Now, in this internal room, you might have things that are important to you, like family. Ah, Appropriate response, thank you. Thank you very much, Isaac, Luca, and Evie. We'll put them there. Don't break. Um, In this room, you might have uh, entertainment, because that's important to you. Uh, Walking with dinosaurs, that's important. Um... In this room, um, I had a big, giant cross at my church, and I couldn't bring it down, so my dad is a Catholic, and he gave me this, and I was like, thanks, but this will do. Um, This cross is going to represent, just for today, use your imagination, the presence of Jesus. This cross is gonna represent Jesus in our room, in our space. If you're a believer here this morning, you will be believing, I hope, that Jesus can dwell and live in your room, correct? Yeah, so let's keep him the center, Oh, here we are. Is this going to... Oh, look at that. we awesome. Now, the other thing I want to do... One moment. What's he going to bring out? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. How do I do this? A wedding dress. It wasn't mine. Um, this is... Uh, my lovely Hannah's wedding dress. This is us when we were dancing. She put her leg up like this. And <laughs> She's really not that tall. She may be more here. Um, But do you know what the wedding dress represents? In Ephesians 5, it talks about us being a, um, like the uh, bride of Christ. And this wedding dress, I want to represent the church, the whole big church. equippers Dunedin, Cornerstone, Rolleston, all of the churches you... So... We'll put it there. And we've got stuff. What else is really important? Sometimes being comfortable is really important. And you have a little blankie, right? And sometimes it's really hard outside in the world. And you just want to get nice and comfortable in your little blankie, okay? Who, who knows that sometimes you need to be comfortable in your life, right? Sometimes you go through seasons of being comfortable. But here's the thing. What I've been finding... Um, I've got this message designed, this message it's called Make Room, because I think post-lockdown, coming out of lockdown, coming out of things like that, we, I have seen and observed so many people um, cluttering up their room with things that they don't necessarily need. Now, Pastor Will talked about how Jesus makes room for us, 100%, but we also need to make some space for Jesus in our life, okay? So, what I've noticed people do is they go, ah, oh, right, my room is quite busy. It's all right. We wore this wedding dress. I didn't wear it. They're weird. Hannah wore this wedding dress in the sea, so it's okay. But you've got your wedding dress here that represents church. And what I've noticed is sometimes people's walls, sometimes people's rooms get quite small. And what they start to do is they go, ah, oh, yeah, Jesus, and imagine if I had a huge, big, giant cross. They go, you know what? This is kind of in the way. Where do I hang this? I'm just, I'm just going to move this to the side. Oh, I don't want to, oh, that wedding It's quite difficult, especially when I've gone through lockdown and serving and, and being a part of the body of Christ. You know what? I'm just, just going to move that over here. I'm just going to get comfortable. I'm just going to lie down. I'm just going to get comfy. Now, here's the thing. Have you ever seen a pastor sit on the ground with a comfortable blanket. I went to drama school, so this is me just, you know, living out my dream. But here's the thing. There is definitely a season to be comfortable. Absolutely. But as Christians, I genuinely believe we need to be more comfortable with the uncomfortable. More comfortable with the uncomfortable. Because here's the thing, when you live in the uncomfortable, that is the faith space. Here's the thing, miracles very rarely happen outside, uh, inside the boat, right. right? Like very, you asked Peter, the miracle didn't happen inside the boat, he had yeah. to take a step of faith. We do this thing called CLDP, which is our Cornerstone Leadership Development Programme with our young people. And part of that DNA is I go... We have to be more comfortable with the uncomfortable. So we build that into our DNA. So every time you're asked or every time God is pushing you to step into something, you're willing to go, you know what? I will. I am. It's uncomfortable. I feel a little awkward, but I'm going to do it because God has asked me to do it. So are you a hoarder? You've taken lots of stuff in during lockdown are you sorter? Did anyone sort through their cupboards with, like, labels and everything during lockdown? Anyone OCD? I see those hands. Anyone a borrower? As in you borrowed some new ideas, some new theology, maybe some... What's that What's that? Um, that, that lady that, like, it gives, if it gives you joy, keep it, otherwise you throw it out? Marie Kondo. I someone was like, I know Marie Kondo, this is my girl! Uh, maybe you took on that. Or maybe you brought on a new theology, a new worldview. Ah, oh, this is what I think is important. And, and, and that stuff's okay, but here's the thing that I would like to say. If anything, where did I put the cross? Someone help me. Over here. Whew. Sometimes you need friends to help you point out where Jesus is in your life. Here's the thing. A new theology, a new idea, if it gets in between you and Jesus, it's a gateway away from Jesus. No matter how good or Christian it can be. Now, as pastors, as a leader in a church, man, do we see that? Oh, man, I serve the church. I serve the church. I serve the church. I serve the church so hard with all my my heart, my body, and my mind, and my soul. And I remember what Jesus said to love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, and that is so important. But did you love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, body, and soul? So... You have to make room. We've got to make room for Jesus. Now, here's the thing: it's not all about effort and works. The cool thing is, is we can just ask. We can just push a crack open in the door and say, "Jesus, would you make room in my life? Would you come in and would you have um, a way in my life for me?" What does your room look like? Have you added some stuff? Do you need to drop some stuff? Have you thrown out some stuff that maybe you shouldn't have? It's a question this morning. What does your room look like? You know, I call the lockdown the great disconnect. And I want to just encourage you this morning. It's really deep. Can you follow along? Okay, deep breath. All right, put in your thinking cap. If you've been disconnected, sometimes you feel disconnected right? Like you feel disconnected and you're like, oh, you know, my my pastors, I don't know if they value me anymore um, because I haven't seen them in three weeks. And it's like, yeah, because you've been on lockdown. They love you still. Everything is okay. So sometimes we feel disconnected. and, And during this lockdown, we need to ask ourselves, what's the most important thing in our life? What is the thing that we hold value to? Isaiah 7 says this. I don't know if I've got it here, actually. Yes, Isaiah 7.14, this is kind of our key scripture this morning. It's a very famous verse. It says, um, husbands love your wives just as, no, wait, wrong one. Here we go. Therefore, the Lord himself, I was just checking, and you, some of you passed, some of you failed. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel." Now, what does Emmanuel mean? Many of us would know that Emmanuel is three Hebraic words, God with us. It's them there, God with us. But that Hebraic word with isn't just like I'm with Pastor Will. It's a deep knowing and understanding. It's an intimate relationship. So when we say God is with us, it actually sort of means God in us. So you are designed with this room, you were designed for a relationship to have the cross at the center of your life, also to have family, also to have some entertainment, also to have the brighter Christ. But the cross is the main thing. Here we go. To the main thing that we need to remember is to keep the main thing the main thing. And that is our relationship with God. That is our relationship with God. Very simple, but it's important to remember. Um, mark chapter two, verse one, there's this great story of a guy who i 'm going to name Horatio because he doesn 't have a name, and Horatio, I feel like is a safe. Any Horatio's here? Ah see, I told you no Horatio's here so let's call this guy Horatio, and his friends um, are with him, and they hear that Jesus is coming it's Jesus' second year of ministry he's, he's on his way to Capernaum and in mark chapter two, verse one, we hear the story about this guy called Horatio, you got it. Um, and he is a paraplegic. He can't walk. And his friends say, hey, did you hear that this healer's coming, this guy called Jesus? Yeshua? And they said, yeah. Well, what are we going to do? And Horatio says, man, you've got to get me there. Guys, pick up the corners of my bed and take me to Gertrude's house. We don't know the name of the house. So if they go to Gertrude's house, Horatio and all his friends, and they get there. And there's hundreds of people in the house. They can't get in. And if you know the story, they go up the side onto the roof. And I can just hear Horatio's words. Get me in the room. Get me into the presence of God. Get me into the presence of this guy. So they rip a hole in the ceiling. They make a way. And he just, everything he had to do, he did to get into the presence of God. He made room quite literally, and forced himself in, lowered himself in with his friends. And what did Jesus say? He says, wow, you know, because of the faith that you have, and a little help from your friends, um, you are healed. Get up and walk. And there is miracles. There are, there are um, things that will happen when you have Jesus at the center of your life that you wouldn't necessarily see if you didn't. Here's something I want to say. Sometimes in this space, if you've been a Christian a long time, or um, maybe not even that, maybe you just confuse this idea of being busy with fruitfulness, they're not the same thing. Don't ever confuse busyness for fruitfulness. Oh, I could do lots of things. Oh, I was serving here on Friday night. I was serving here. Cool. Do you have a growing and developing relationship with the God that loves you? Uh, yeah, sorry, I put the cross somewhere. It's over there. But, my, but the wedding dress is right here. Yeah, that's awesome. And it should be right here, but not at the cost of the cross, right? The cross requires a response. So what I want to do is I want to give you four simple ways to create room in your life. Because I think we've got clutter. I think we've got things that get into our space. So the first one um, is that, oh, hang on. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that. Good things, even good things. Ministry, family, loving other people, good things permanently, and I'll highlight that word, permanently in front of you and Jesus are a gateway away from Jesus. Because here's the thing, the enemy wants to distract you. Now, he says that, um, the Bible says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If I want to steal something from you and pickpocket you, what do I do? I distract you. It's interesting. It can be very hard to hear. Jesus at the center of it all, and all these other things are important as well. They're in our room. They're not out of the room. But don't put them in front of Jesus. But here's the thing. Make room. How do we do that? Let's say, everybody say, R. R for room. Okay, room. We've got to reach out. If you're taking notes, take this this morning. We have to reach out and ask Jesus into our lives. The first thing is ah, Reach out and say, Jesus, I need your help. When you've got a cluttered room, when you've got beanbags in here and comfy couches and a flat screen TV, and you're like, I can't even see the cross anymore, reach out. So if you've been a Christian for 30 years, you can still reach out to Jesus. If you've never heard that sermon before, if you've never heard that idea that God wants to connect with you, guess what? All you've got to do is reach out. God, would you come into my life? Would you be God in me, with me, in my room? The next one is the twins, double O, okay? So we've got to obey what God has asked us to do. How many people know that you see people who's like, I love that Jesus is my savior, but Jesus is also your Lord, (laughs) Right? Let him lord in your life. I will take the uncreated creator who tells me when I should make a business decision and not over myself and when or whatever I'm just feeling. Yeah, I feel this. No, no, no. I'm going to listen to the guy, the guy that made the universe because he might know a thing or two. So obey. And the other thing with obey is we've got to outwork. So here we go. Oh, there's uh, Horatio. So we have to reach out. The twins obey and do some outworking. <gasps> They're okay, look at them, Aww. Um, And then the last one is we need to magnify Jesus. Keep him the center of our life, keep him the center and say, you know what? I'm gonna lift you up, Christ. I'm gonna lift you up, God. You are the center of my room. So reach out, the twins, obey and outwork what he has asked you to do. How many times have I heard people say, I remember one a wee while ago, I feel like God is calling me to be a missionary. Awesome. That's cool. What are you going to do? Well, I don't know. Well, you could get in touch with a couple of um, uh, ministry agencies. Here's a couple of names. Perhaps you could watch some podcasts. Perhaps you could listen to some stuff. Why don't you go get a passport and be expecting that God's going to move? And they're like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. 12 months later, I'm like, hey, how are you doing? And like, well, God hasn't done anything yet. And you're like, cool, what have you done? Nothing. (laughs) Hmm. Obey and outwork what God has asked you to do. Magnify him, lift him up. So to make room, we reach out, we obey, we're obedient, we outwork the things that he has asked us to do, and we magnify his presence. Now here's the thing. Those are are four ways to make room, but how many people know that we're also called to grow? We're also called to push our tent pegs out. So here's the thing. God actually doesn't want you just in this small room because when you have a big God living in you, you can impact a world like you wouldn't believe. It only takes one. It only takes one person who's got their tent pegs stretched to really see some awesome stuff. God wants you to move. As I've been praying about lockdown, there's been three things that I feel like God has said are barriers to people connecting and growing in their faith with Jesus. So there's three things. What you need to do this morning, I'm telling you, what I'd like you to do is ask God, which one am I? Is there one coming out of lockdown? Here's the thing. I don't want to be, I'm not, I haven't got my prophetic hat on, but I'm not convinced that COVID is over. <laughs> I'm sure people in Hamilton last week were like, so good that um, COVID's over and we're in level two. That's awesome. And then one week later, they're like, Sad face. So we don't know if this is the end of it. But here's the thing. It is important that we understand that uh, we have to push out this space. So the first one, and all I want you to do is think of one of these three. The first one is distractions. We are distracted. You might have picked up a new theology. You might have, who is distracted just trying to do Zoom lessons over lockdown? Anyone else? I was trying to do Zoom lessons with a five-year-old. old Five! You know, like, he can't even put his pants on properly, and I'm trying to get him to, like, unmute things. It's awesome. <laughs> it can be very difficult. Often with distractions, we let the storm distract us from the fact that Jesus is in the storm with us. Peter, right? I'm walking on water. This is awesome. Ah, Jesus, there's a storm. The waves are big, and I'm starting to sink when we know that Jesus, according to the Bible, came down from that mountain to be in the storm with them, Don't be distracted by the storm. Here's the other thing I want to say just really quickly. second, So what are you distracted from? Are you distracted from technology? Have you got a new relationship that is distracting you? I'll tell you something. When I got saved at 17, which is like two years ago, um, <laughs> offended, I'm tr- which was a long time ago. Um, when I got saved, my biggest distraction, just to have like circle of trust, was filling a broken hole, broken gaps in my life with relationships. So I would just bounce from relationship with a girl to another relationship to another relationship, trying to fill this gap, right? And I got to my early to mid twenties when I realized this is really dumb. I ended a relationship with a girl that I had. And I was like, God, I'm giving it over to you. For me, a real distraction was relationships with girls. It just just took me away from God. Do you know what the irony is? Do you know what brought me back in relationship with God in a stronger way than I'd ever imagined? Was a girl. I mean, Jesus ultimately. But she encouraged me and and pushed me to keep Jesus at the center of my life. If you're dating someone today, my question for you is this: Are they getting you closer to Jesus? Are they asking you to put the cross in the center of your life, or are they moving it a little to the side? Red flag if they're moving it to the side. So I don't know your story, but if you're there, if you've got a, a. child or a daughter. It's an interesting thing to think. Are they encouraging you to grow in your relationship with Jesus? Like my wife, beautiful. She wasn't my wife then, but she very quickly, when I realized she wanted me to get closer to God, I was like, you the one. You the one, girl. Well, she knew that when she saw me here many years before. She's like, you the one, boy. I don't know why she's got a Southern accent when she says that. It's weird. Okay, so 2 Timothy says this, really interesting. For the time is coming where people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander into myths. I don't know where you are with, like, uh, conspiracy theories and stuff like that, but I've got a few friends on Facebook that I'm like, woo, <laughs> That's some interesting ideas. I'm not really worried or concerned or even want to speak to those. But my question is, Is that are you spending so much time, money, and resources talking about that stuff, doing research on Facebook um, for that stuff, that it is in between you and Jesus? Because if it is, it is taking you away from Jesus. Remember, the enemy comes to distract and to destroy and to steal us. So don't be distracted. Are you distracted? I can be so distracted from my relationship with Jesus, even by the bride. It's tough, but it's true. I think the best thing that I can do as a pastor is have a personal relationship with Jesus, right? And you can for your e groups, for your uh, friendship groups, you can do that. The second thing is apathy. Everybody say apathy. So if you move your wall back like this, we're going to just, because that's going to fall. Apathy. I have been so apathetic in times for church. Just, it's this. If you don't know what apathy means, it's literally this (sighs) face. Have you lost your first love? I spent almost a decade in church, turning up, doing churchianity, doing stuff. But I was, eh, I love Jesus. But I, I, I've lost my first love. Is that you this morning? Have you lost keeping the main thing the main thing because you've just suddenly found yourself apathetic? Jesus says in Mark... This is when he's in Gethsemane, and he's got all the disciples there. And he's like, guys, can you stay up with me? I'm about to die tomorrow. And he says this, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing. You want to, but the flesh is weak. And again, he went away and prayed, saying some words. And again, he came back and found his friends sleeping. Sometimes the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Are you apathetic towards the things of God? Do you need to be joyfully, passionately involved in a relationship with Jesus again? Come on, we do, right? And that is the main thing. The main thing is that we have an encounter with the one true living God. Everything else can go, can I say get stuffed in church? (laughs) Can go move to the side. Let's, have, let's, let's be reminded that we have to have that relationship. If you're leading people, your first responsibility is to grow in your relationship with God because that models to them what that looks like. The last wall is hurt. Distractions, apathy, and hurt. Because here's the thing, I've found that hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people, comma, hurt people, exclamation mark. Does that make sense? Hurt people, hurt people. And you might be hurt from the church, an e-group leader, your boss, your spouse, your really grumpy auntie. There might be something that's hurt you. Maybe you are carrying hurt of depression. Maybe you are carrying anxiety. Maybe you're hurting and you just go, I don't know how to, to grow in my relationship with God. I've got this pain. I've got this hurt in me. There is freedom in Christ. Galatians 5.21, for freedom came that he would set us free. I believe that there is freedom uh, in God. John uh, 1 says this, verse 2 to 9, uh, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or a sister is still in the darkness. And here's the thing, hurt people hurt people, and often I find hate comes from hurtness. Did I just make up a word? I did. Hurtness. You can put that in in your um, diaries. <laughs> Here's the thing, hurt, pain will just dis- will, will, can be a barrier to Jesus. Apathy definitely can be a barrier to growing in your personal relationship with God and certainly distractions. So what I want you to do, if I have uh, my awesome team of people, can you guys come and clean up my mess? That'd be great. Um, that's always a good leader, right? Can you guys come in and clean up what I've um, created? And I want you to take... 20 seconds. And if I could have the worship team up, that would be awesome. If I could ask you just to sit and to think and to pray and to ask yourself, which one of these three things do I need to grow in? Am I distracted? And God, I need you to remind me what, I, what is the main thing. Do I need a fresh anointing? Do I need the Holy Spirit to come and give me a fresh love for the things of God? Or do I need some healing and hurt? Which one is it? Can you close your eyes? And what I want you to do is just ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are the counselor. You are the guider. You know. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would show me if there's a wall that I need to extend. Help me declutter my life by making room, Jesus, but also help me grow. Not just stay the same, but grow, Jesus. Am I distracted? Am I apathetic to my relationship with God and to church? And am I carrying hurt that I need to leave at the cross? Thank you, Jesus. stand with me? Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipment's Church in We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipmentschurch.com